Amen. Well, boy, am I really grateful to have come here. As you know, we've been uh, through the month of December. In fact, beginning at the end of November, we began teaching through the Christmas story as it relates to Advent. Uh, I've mentioned before, I didn't grow up in a tradition where we took advantage of the idea of Advent, and so the whole lighting of candles and what they meant and all of that was, I, I get the point of it, but it was a new experience for me, and so it's been really, really beneficial to me over the years I've been part of Coastal uh, to have this be part of my experience because it really helps, I think, as we move toward Christmas Day to do so purposefully, right? We're, we're always in a flurry. We're running here and running there, and we're, we're getting ourselves all, all in the shopping and traveling and all of those other things. And having something that can help guide our thoughts is really, really useful. And so week one, we remembered the hope that is connected to the prophets. In the second week, we talked about the peace that Jesus brings, the Prince of Peace. Week three, we focused on joy as we thought about the message that came to the shepherds of good news of great joy. And then last week here, Pastor Marcus talked about the light, or rather the love that Jesus brought um, from John 3.16. What an incredible opportunity to remember that God loved us so much that he gave. And today, we get to focus on the last of the candles, which is the white candle in the center. As I mentioned earlier, we call it the Christ candle. It's the opportunity for us to remember that Jesus came as the light of the world. Now, before I get into that, I have one thing that I neglected as I was distracted by my own coughing earlier. And that is, if you're a visitor, I said tear off that little tear off on the bottom. I want to make sure you know that if you will give that to us, we would like to send you a card that has in it a little gift card uh, to a local restaurant with a little more information about our church. I just want you to know how thankful I am that you've come. As, as is said in the video, there's a lot of places you could be today in the middle of the afternoon on Christmas Eve, uh, and you've chosen to be here, so we're really grateful. But I want to give our attention to the light of the world. And light in the scriptures and in general, I want to make some connections to what light does for us and what Jesus does for us spiritually in those same things. And so uh, you have uh, some uh, blanks to fill out in your uh, bulletin there, and I'm going to try and uh, help you do that. But the first thing is light helps us see where we're going. It's interesting to me we live in such a world of artificial light that we have no idea what it's like not to be able to see where we're going for the most part, right? There are two things having to do with seeing where you're going. One has to do with direction. We need to know where we're supposed to go, what direction we're supposed to go. Even if it's a light in the distance, it can help us know where we're supposed to be going. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Over in chapter 12 of John, Jesus talked about his uh, ability to give us direction. You don't know where you're going. John chapter 8, or rather chapter 12 and verse 35 says... 
Jesus said to them, the light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he's going. Light cares for our need of direction. First thing we do when we walk in a room in the darkness is flip on a light. So we don't stumble over something in the dark. So we don't run into a piece of furniture that we forgot was there or that got moved earlier that day or whatever it is. We, we put on the lights because we want to know where to go. We turn on our headlights on our car so we can know what direction to go when there's darkness. Which, of course, is the second piece of that, right? There is darkness and light giving, helping us to see is because it dispels darkness. There isn't really such a thing as darkness. There is an absence of light. When the light is gone, we have darkness. A little later in that same passage in John chapter 12, Jesus said, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. That means we all are in darkness to start with and we need light to dispel that darkness and that light is Jesus. If we didn't have all this uh, artificial light we wouldn't be able to go anywhere. This time of year, right, we are now on the upside. Was it yesterday? Two days ago was the shortest day of the year. Makes me so excited because I love daylight. When we're living in a world where there were no, imagine, no artificial light, no street lights, no headlights, no, we wouldn't know where to go. We would be camped out at our house from, 5.30 in the evening, 5 o'clock in the evening, until the daylight came back the next morning. Because we wouldn't be able to see. And light enables us to see. Second thing light does is expose our condition. In the case of the scriptures, our spiritual condition, but really any condition, right? John chapter 3, the familiar verses that I know Pastor Marcus spoke from last week here. John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18 goes on to read like this. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light, because their works were evil. Light exposes our spiritual condition. We're already condemned. We don't have to become condemned. We are condemned. And the, the remedy for that is to come to Jesus, who is the light who will take the exposure of our sin and eradicate it. Because we don't like the impurities to be seen, right? We stand condemned, and the proof of that condemnation is our sinful behavior. We sin because we are sinners. And so we battle with this desire to, to not want to come to the light, but Jesus gives us the freedom to let our sinfulness, our condemnation be exposed because he cared for that. 
We don't want it exposed. Have, have you ever had the experience of uh, being in a group of people and uh, you leave and go into a room, maybe it's into the bathroom or whatever, and you flip the light on and you look in the mirror and there's like something right here. And you think to yourself, how long has that been there? And then, why didn't my husband tell me about that or my wife or whoever, right? What in the world? It was there all along, but I didn't see it until I got it exposed. And we don't like that. People tend to shy away from wanting our sin exposed because nothing looks as dirty in the darkness as it does in the daylight. Sin, rather light, enables us to see. Secondly, light exposes our spiritual condition. The third thing light does is bring us life. And I mean in the human world, right? That big scientific world, photosynthesis, <laughs> means plants, green plants in particular, take sunlight and water and they use it to synthesize food and it enables them to grow. And as a byproduct of that, they give off oxygen, which we all need. Light brings life. Well, the same thing is true spiritually. Light brings life. Jesus, according to John chapter 1 and verse 4, brought life. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus brought life, but more than that, Jesus is life. Later in John chapter 14, he made the very bold claim. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. That kind of exclusive claim in our culture is really frowned on. Right? We've got to be We've got to be accepting and open and listen to everybody. Jesus had no place for that. He didn't need to be harsh or unkind about it, but he was very plain. I am, Jesus said, the way, the truth, and the life. Light brings life. So what do we have to understand if we're going to think about the reality of the fact that Jesus, as the light of the world, brings life? We have to know the gospel, right? Jesus gives dead people, spiritually dead people, life again. How does he do that? Well, we all have sin in our life. We stand condemned, and so our sin gets exposed. And if we really wonder, all we got to do is ask our family members, right? I mean, we do things wrong. And your reaction may be, well, nobody's perfect. But that's the point of the gospel, right? If you're here and you already have trusted Jesus and you know you're right with God through Christ, that ought to just fill your heart with a, a sense of, of delight. Nobody's perfect. We all get it. That's the only way we get into heaven, though, is by being perfect. So we turn from our sin. We repent of our sin. We acknowledge that we're sinful people. That's usually not a big leap for, for us. The problem is not believing we're sinful. The problem is thinking that we 
not understanding that we have to be absolutely perfectly holy to get into heaven. So we have to turn from our sin and believe in the gospel. What is the gospel? Jesus, God, God the Son came, lived here on earth, lived a perfect life that you and I will never be able to live no matter how hard we try. Then he died on the cross and he paid the penalty for our sin and he came literally walking back out of the grave again on the third day. Bodily rose from the grave. So I repent of my sin, I believe the gospel, and I receive Christ. See, Jesus came as the light to the world. He came unto his own, John chapter 1 said, and his own didn't receive him, but as many as did receive him, to them he gave authority to become children of God. So we receive Christ. And in that moment, God takes the sinfulness of who I am and applies it to the death of Jesus on the cross. And he takes the perfect righteousness of Christ and he applies it to the credit column of my life. Can I, I can't even hardly imagine such a thing. Jesus is the light that gives us life. One last thing the light does for us. It fuels our hope. So you recall, I know, that we have talked about in this series how we want to not only have an historical view of the Advent, we don't want to just remember that Jesus came, but we want to remember that he's coming. The end of the story is not yet here, and so we look forward to the future. Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 14, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go, I will come again and take you to be with myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus is coming again. The light gives us hope. What's it going to be like? I have the new Jerusalem written down for your last, uh, almost last blank there, because I want to read a little bit for you from how this is going to look when we get into eternity. The Apostle John, in, his, in the revelation given to him to describe it for us, said it this way, I saw no temple in the city, for the temple is the Lord the God of the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light, and the lamp is the Lamb. That's pretty amazing, right? That is pretty incredible. There is just this amazing sense of Awareness of the presence of God. You, we won't have to go to church anymore in the kingdom of God. We won't have to attend services anymore. We will be perpetually forever in the presence of God. And there will be no need for light and there will be no night there. Why do things always seem worse at night? If you have a cold... It seems worse at night. If you're sick, your fever seems to go up at night. If you're discouraged, the darkness does not help, right? There will be no night in eternity with God, and there will be no need of light because the glory of God will be a perpetual light for us. The light 
gives us hope. So let me give you one last thing, and I want to use it as we prepare ourselves to uh, do our candle lighting. We are called to be light. The light of the gospel is in us. I'm just going to read these verses. They're not on the screen for you from 2 Corinthians. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of God, who is the image of God, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have the light of the gospel in us, which is wonderful, but it's not the kind of gift we are given so that we can be happy with the gift we got. We are to shine as lights to the world. We are to reflect the light of God. This is how Jesus told his disciples about it. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. God's intention for us is when he gives us the light of the gospel, is for us to share that light. So we're going to do a visual representation of that here in just a moment. Uh, You received a candle on the way in, I hope. What's going to happen is we're going to have a couple of folks who are going to come down the center aisles, and they're going to light the closest candle to them, and then you're going to share that light with the person next to you until everybody in the room has the light. So what we're doing is remembering Jesus as the light of the world, and we are reminding ourselves that it is our obligation, our privilege, to share the light with others. So get your candle ready, and listen, uh, I, you know, Pastor Sean has always used this if you've never gone to Yorktown, so this is not the time for hand-waving, right? This is not the time for being bold, right? This is the time to be reverent and quiet with your candle. And then I'm going to come up when we're done singing a little bit together, all right? And we're all going to blow them out together. So we're doing our best to stay uh, safe and uh, all that good stuff, right? But man, let's think this through. As we do this, come on, guys, let's go ahead and get these, these lights started. Jesus is the light of the world. He helps us see. He gives us direction. He gives us life. He gives us hope. And he wants us to share the light. So let's do that together. We're going to have the teams going to start playing here. And we're going to sing together in just a moment. And let's share the light of the world, which is Jesus.